All right, if you have your Bibles, turn back to the Hall of Fame of Faith, and we'll be in it just for a few more services. And uh, thank God for that good, special Miss Faith. That was wonderful. Amen. I'm going to be preaching on faith. So faith sing, and I'm going to be preaching on faith, and we hope that all of you get more faith. Amen. And the Bible says that um, we're believers, and we ought to have faith. We're called believers more than we are Christians uh, in the Bible. And, uh, you know, the essence of the Christian life is faith. We're saved by faith. Uh, and Christ's atonement, Christ's amazing grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We're justified by faith, having access to God by faith, Romans 5, 1 and 2. We're purified by faith, Acts chapter 15, verse 9. We're sanctified by faith, Acts 26, verse 18. And then we should live by faith, Galatians 3, 11, and Christ dwells in our heart by faith, Ephesians 3, 17. We approach God with freedom and confidence by faith. So through faith, we inherit what God has promised, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. And through faith, we understand God's power and His workings and His will, that's Hebrews 11. And through faith, spiritual exploits for God are accomplished. All through this chapter 11, it talks about that. And by faith, we're victorious over the opposition, suffering, and even death. And the moment of salvation uh, to enter into the heaven, faith is the all-important key uh, to God. And that's why at least 21 times in the Bible, Christians are referred to as believers. And often we me he measured his disciples' faith. Five times he said, O ye of little faith. Three times he spoke of their lack of faith. Uh, he asked, he asked uh, do you still have no faith in Mark chapter 4, verse 40? And then in Luke chapter 8, verse 25, he said, Where is your faith? So twice he commended the faith of the Gentiles who sought his help. He mentioned uh, he was disappointed at his disciples with little or no faith ten times. He rebuked them for having no faith. So Jesus should be satisfied with your faith. But tonight I want to preach on the test of your faith. And uh, we had a good Father's Day service this morning, and I trust that it was a blessing and a challenge to your heart. And I sure miss you coming back on Sunday night, and very soon we're going to try to open this thing up for those who come. I, I want to take a survey. How many of you would be here if we had service? Raise your hand in your home. Okay, that's a, two of you. No, I don't know how many of that is. I hope it's a lot of you. But uh, I hope that you will, I hope you will uh, get involved and get back with us as soon as possible, as soon as it's uh, safe. You know, the doctors were amazed at Brother Gardner's recovery. All of them said uh, in one accord, we did not think he would ever get out of ICU. We did not think he would make it. That was our opinion. And then one of them even said, you know, it wasn't us. It was an answer of prayer. And um, Brother Austin's son, Chris, said that there was 168 different nations. I think there's only 250-something nations around the whole world. But there was 168 people from 168 different nations, uh, many probably from each nation, praying for Brother Austin. So he's touched the world through faith, and you can touch the world through faith, and we need to uh, have more faith. 
But Hebrews chapter 11 tonight, just for a few minutes, uh, try to be brief because I know your attention span at home has to be hindered. That's why I want to get you back here as soon as possible. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, uh, in verse 17 it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried. I want you to circle the word tried, and that's probably the only word uh, that I'll really preach on tonight is the trying of your faith. And go back to Genesis 22 and, and uh, uh, study that just a little bit from a different angle than we did this morning. And he says, but he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise of uh, offered up his only begotten son. And then it says in verse 18, in whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And instead of counting that God was able, there's the key in faith, that God's able, we're not, uh, to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. Now go back to Genesis chapter 22 as we did this morning. And we'll stay there for the rest of the evening for a few minutes. But in Genesis chapter 22, uh, you're going to see some principles of trying your faith. Now someone said, I believe it was Warren Wiersbe said, if, you, uh, if your faith cannot be tried, then it cannot be uh, 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 trusted. If your faith cannot be tried, it cannot be trusted. Uh, test pilots get thousands and thousands of dollars to test equipment called fighter jets. Some of them don't make it. But the reason they test those fighter jets is for our defense and also that when pilots are in the battle, that they win the battle. Um, I hope that every time I get on an airplane that it's been tested. Uh, one time a surgeon uh, came into the room and this, for the pre-surgery, um, I almost say pep talk, uh, uh, conversation about the lady's surgery young lady's surgery, and she said, you look awful nervous. And he said, yes, sir, I am very nervous because this is my first surgery. And then the doctor looked at her and said, it's mine too. Now that would make me nervous, amen? And I'll tell you something, I hope that when I have surgery, if I ever have surgery, and my wife says I need brain surgery, that I, that I have someone that's been tested uh, for seven years or six years or how many years they have to be tested. That's why I think um, uh, brain surgeons ought to make more than athletes. Say amen right there. Let's get off on a hobby horse and shoot it. But, you know, faith has got to be tested. And today, in this great chapter 22 of Genesis, we see that Abraham was not only tested, but he passed the test. Now, I want you to look at verse 1. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... And he said, Behold, here am I. I want to ask you a question. Do you run from test or do you stand firm in your test? See, God never tempts you to sin. Uh, he doesn't, he tempts you, uh, the devil tempts you to do wrong and he wants you to stumble. But God tests you, not tempts you, to do right in order for you to stand. So the devil tempts us to do wrong in order to cause us to stumble, but the Lord always tests us for us to stand and to be more like Jesus. God's putting faith to the test. And so without hesitation, we see verse 
1, and then verse 2, it says, And he said, Now take thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, first mention of love, and give thee the land of Moriah, and after him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. He didn't even tell him where he was going, just like he didn't, didn't tell him where he was going when he uh, left um, southern Iraq to go to Israel, uh, and better known as Canaan land. And then l let me just show you the test and the, and, and the no hesitation here. It said, and Abraham rose up in the morning. Now, I'll tell you what, procrastination can be unbelief. A lot of people keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off to all the ducks line up in a row. And I'm going to tell you something, all the ducks won't line up in a row. And everything gets straight. Then I'll get saved. Folks, that's backwards. That makes about as much sense going to the hospital after you get well. You come just as you are and you come by faith and those doctors to do whatever they can to help you. Isaac must have been about 17 or 18 years of age when this took place. Abraham was 120 years old. Now the word Isaac, the name Isaac means laughter. And can you imagine them on this three day journey uh, by the campfire at night and he's looking at this uh, strong, healthy 17 year old, uh, full of vigor, full of life. And he knows and he's already put him on the altar because he said the next morning he got up and he started uh, towards the mountain, the place which God had told him. I want to give you about four things real quick about the test of faith. Number one, faith is tested by its devotion. Faith is tested by the depth of devotion. Abraham was in danger, I believe, of loving Isaac more than he loved God himself. And folks, you got to be careful about that. It, whatever you love... God wants you to give back to him. It's not what you hate that God wants you to do. He don't want you to give sin back to him. He wants you to give all your blessings back to him. He gives you life. He wants your life back. He gives you children. Folks, you ought to offer your children to the Lord. God can do more with them than you can, and God can bless them more than you can bless them, and God's got a better plan for them even than you have a plan for them. You might want to be rich, famous, and uh, secure, to make you rich, famous, and secure when you retire. But you might be, think your children's going to be your retirement program. But I want to tell you something, friend. You got your faith and trust in the wrong thing. And folks, danger of loving the gift more than the giver is a great danger. If you're not careful, you can love the gift more than the giver. I'll never forget when Faith Hall uh, came to this altar, and then she said, I want you to, I want to say something. I said, sure, go ahead and say it, sister. And she said, I want to confess today that I have put my children before God, that they are the ones that direct my life, command my life, and, um, and uh, is a priority of my life. And this morning, I put them on the altar. And this morning, I gave my life to be one that gives my children back to God. It must have been a Mother's Day or something. Anyway. But there's a danger of loving the promise more than the one who has promised. There's a danger, and I think the charismatic movement's uh, sucked up into this, is that you love the gifts more than you do the giver. And you emphasize gifts, 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 and, and you forget the giver. And folks, God said in Exodus 20, verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Some love the ministry more than they love the master. 
I've seen some people when their ministry has been taken away from them get bitter and I turn on God, turn on everything about God. And I want to tell you something, sometimes God takes your ministry away from you to see if you're going to still love God. <clears throat> Amen. I noticed today as Brother Chris was videoing <clears throat> a couple of songs by David and David was in the floor playing the guitar and there was uh, uh, I think a grandchild that's grown up, Joy's child, and he was playing the guitar, and they were singing some great songs. And Brother Austin was just laying back in his recliner, and he couldn't even lift his head up, but he'd lift up his hand like that. And then he began to say something, and they just cut all the music out and grabbed all the kids and said, Be quiet, he wants to say something. And I think he said, God sure has been good to me. That's all he said. And folks, I want to tell you something. If we're not careful, we can love the ministry, love pastoring, and whatever we love more than we love the master. And I'm going to tell you something, there's a great danger in that because your ministry can go down the drain in a second. Your ministry can be closed like the day a lot of churches are closed. And folks, you must have a relationship with the Lord. I've seen preachers get bitter over losing their ministry and lose their wife, lose their children, lose their testimony because they get just downright ornery and mean. That's not God's will. God's will is us to love the master more than the ministry. Some love um, all the blessings more than they love the blesser. And no matter what God gives us, no matter what God has done for us, we need to put it on the altar tonight and give it back to God and say, God, it's yours. Just direct me. There's got to be in your heart a higher love. And that's exactly what I believe that Abraham was being tested about. He loved his miracle baby more than he could ever express because he was the seed and going to be the seed of a great nation. If you'll read in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the, the, the next few verses, it talks about uh, Isaac and it talks about Jacob and it talks about that line of blessing. And then it gets to Joseph. And folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. What a great heritage and great line of, of the seed of Abraham. And it all continued with Isaac, the promised child. It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. And by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandments concerning his bones. Death didn't even stop Joseph. He lived on by saying, hey, transplant my burial ground to the promised land where God is given. I didn't seen it, but my bones will see it. And so, folks, you don't even have to be stopped by your death. You can, your life can continue through the passing on the faith, passing on the blessing. But in order to do that, you must put the blessing on the altar. You need to lay your Isaac down. There should be nothing before God. It's dangerous to put anybody ahead of God and anyone and anything. I've seen people sacrifice blessings of God for possessions. They get some great vehicle, $45,000 truck, and they have to work five jobs to pay the payment. And that's putting your blessings for it's all right to have a truck, praise God. I got for Father's Day today a backup camera for my 2007 uh, Avalon. 
Praise God. I got to keep it for at least five more years now. Amen. And I'm excited about that because I'm getting so old I can't turn around and I'll back up into a tree. Amen. So I, I got a camera now. I don't know how that's going to be put in, but we're going to pray for the young man to do it tomorrow. But folks, our ambitions can come before God. Our plans can come before God. Our possessions and even our children. Our husband can come before God. Or why? I'm telling you, folks, God blesses you to give those Isaacs to God. And if you put them before God, there's a danger. There's a danger of missing the, the wonderful effectiveness and blessing of God. Number two, faith is measured by the height of your obedience. Now, I dealt with this Wednesday, so I'm going to be very brief on this point. Faith is not believing in spite of evidence. Uh, that's superstition. That's faith in faith. Faith is believing the word from God. That is our warranty. That is our authority. I want to tell you something. You can witness with authority when you take the word of God and say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank God. Folks, we've got a promise from God that people can be saved and we ought to take it to them. Faith is obeying a word from God. Uh, many endeavors uh, to do things that God does not want you to do. There's some things that you can't do because somebody else does it. Uh, I can't be a missionary. Some people have been trying to get me to be a missionary all my life. I'm not a missionary. I'm a pastor. I'll send out missionaries. And folks, it's by faith that we're called. And folks, if we're not called, it's presumption. Folks, God has called me to preach. And I know God's called me to pastor or I wouldn't put up with some of the junk I go through. Amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. It's like the fellow one time in uh, Martinez, Georgia told me personally, he said, I love a pastor and it's just the people I can't stand. I said, you ought to get out of the ministry. And he did. Folks, uh, ignorance of God's will is no excuse. The Bible says if we'll seek him with all our heart, we'll find him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we need to seek him and then we need to report for orders. And folks, I want to tell you something. If you really want to know the will of God, you need to obey God and seek God for a guidance. Abraham was minding his own business and God said, hey, go sacrifice your son. That would be a hard thing to do. He's about 17 years old, 18 years old. Probably just got his camel license and he, was, he, was, he was, had his own camel. And he probably had his own tent. Probably just moved out and had some guys living with him. He's probably, he probably living with his daddy because they dwelt in tents together. And they were very close. As the Bible says, they both of them went up together. And both of them went together. Both of them together. What a precious phrase that is. Glad I can spend all these years working with my son in the ministry. There's nothing between verse 2 and verse 3 to tell me that he hesitated. Don't procrastinate. Obedience, as I preach Wednesday night, should be complete. It should be quick. It should be thorough. And it should be with passion. You ought to want to serve God. One person the other day uh, said that he'd come to this conclusion. I believe as a pastor said, I've come to this conclusion. I'm not going to apologize for asking people to obey God. But I'm going to apologize to God if I don't tell people to obey God. I'm going to tell them to go out and win souls because that's God's will. Pray every day. Raise your family right. Come out of the world. Be ye separate. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them with authority and passion because God has called me to tell them. I said, man, that's good.
And then third way your faith is tested is by the length of your sacrifice. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, and I believe this verse is summed up in the whole chapter of Genesis chapter 22, that um, uh, he obeyed God in a very difficult commandment. He said, by faith when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Now, folks, it's not only how deep your love for God is, but it's how quickly you obey him. But, folks, it does it willingly, and it does it sacrificially. And Abraham was sacrificing his future. Abraham was sacrificing his family. The Bible says, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. And I believe this verse will speak to your heart if you'll read it with me. But in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, the Bible says this. It says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Folks, when we take up the cross, we die to self. We die to popular opinion. And folks, it's not easy because there's no padded cross. Folks, faith will, 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 faith will cost you. Faith is measured by the length of your sacrifice. And then last but not least, faith is tested by the wideness of your confidence. In verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 11, we see that uh, uh, he said in a very confident statement that God was able and that God is able and he is still able, amen. And he said, in whom he said that Isaac shall be the seed, thy seed be called. That was confusing to him. But he said, accounting that God was able. What a great term, accounting. You all like that, Brother Cody. To raise him up even from the dead, from hence also he received him in a figure. Abraham was accounting God as able. And the Bible says that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all that we ask or think. Folks, it's beyond our imagination what God could do if we live totally by faith. And that we gave all that we have been blessed with even our children, daddies, give them back to God. And then, by the grace of God, he'll give you back grandchildren. He'll give you back effectiveness. He'll give you back peace. He'll give you back joy. He'll give you back their presence. He'll give you back respect. He'll give you back honor. But folks, the first thing we have to do is we've got to live by faith in such a way that it attracts those around us. That is inviting. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. It's life-giving. And folks, we need to have some the confidence in God in such a way that it invites people to get on board. And I want to tell you something. If we're not devoted, if we don't put God first, uh, and we just say, hey, listen, I'll do what I feel good about doing, I'm sure Abraham didn't feel good about giving his only son. I'm sure Abraham was tore asunder 
But at the same time, he said, I believe God's word and God said he would be the seed of a great nation, that he would uh, be a, a great father and there'd be a, a, a great uh, lineage of uh, tribes and, and a nation would be established and Jesus would come out of that nation. I believe God. He believed God in such a way that he said, hey, the lamb, God will provide himself a lamb. In John chapter 8, and I love this passage, and I wasn't going to go there, but I got a lot of time because I got it so early tonight. But I want you to see in John chapter 8 and verse 55 through the end of the chapter, it's astounding verses. This is, this is, just, this is just wonderful because um, they said in verse 53, the Pharisees uh, the, the, then said the Jews unto him, verse 52, Now we know that thou hast a devil, Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. They said, You're blaspheming God. And he said, Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead, whom, whom makest thou thyself? They're, they're blaspheming Jesus. They're challenging him. And listen to this, And Jesus answered, if I have honored myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father which honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Bunch of religious Pharisees, no faith, just words, just ceremony, just sacraments, just basting in the shadows and with no substance. But look at verse 55, John 8, this will thrill you so. And this is a forecast that was mentioned in Genesis 22. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his sayings. Is I know Abraham. Matter of fact, boys, I created him. Matter of fact, I was there on the day that he was tried. And look at verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Folks, that day was the day that the Calvary was pictured in Genesis chapter 22. And then it says, then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50. He was about 30. And hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said to him, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Every time I see that phrase, I get excited. He's, he's the I am. He's able to take care of your problem. You ought to have some great confidence in a God that calls himself, but not only calls himself, but claims to be and is the I am. That's why the Bible says we ought to come to him believing that he is and rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen, friend, you say, well, I ain't moving. I'm not going to do anything. You ought to seek God's will. You ought to know that God wants to use you in a great way. God wants to use you in an eternal way. On this Father's Day, fathers, God wants you to invest and, and love and, and, and secure and protect and train and teach and love your children. What a great ministry. And folks, the Bible says in verse 59 of John 8, then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out to the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. Not that he was a coward, it wasn't his time to die because his time to die was Calvary. But the Bible says Abraham saw his day, and here he's proclaiming it. He said, my son, verse 8 of Genesis 22, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. 
So they went both of them together. Now folks, anything God has given you, he's trusted you with. God didn't give you your kids to spoil rotten. He didn't give you your kids to make you feel good, even though kids make you feel good. He gave you children to give back to the Lord. He gave you health to work for the Lord. He gave you strength to do something great for God. He gave you faith. He gave you America. He gave you a good independent fundamental Baptist church. And if there was anything closer to the Bible, I would be it. And don't touch God's church. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I fear for you if you touch God's church. I fear for you. Because God's church is precious to him. Uh, you can criticize politics. You can jump on Trump and you can jump on that other fella, Biden. You can jump on all of them. But you better not jump on God's church. You better not touch God's church. It's dangerous ground. God can put you in your place. And I want to tell you something. I fear God. I don't want to touch God's church. But I want to tell you, through, so through God's church, great things can take place. How many souls have been saved over the 42 years? This church has existed. How many missionaries, Miss Faith, you want to be a missionary, have been sent out of this church? How many, how many souls have been saved around the world? Because this church is in God's hands and we're trying to live by faith, not by figuring. If we live by figuring, we'd spend it all on buildings and ourselves and have programs. We'd never sacrificially give to missions. God and Abraham became friends, the Bible says. God made a blood covenant with Abraham. And anything God gave Abraham, God got back, gave back to God, and then God multiplied that offering. And he gave him back Isaac. He raised Isaac up, and, and Abraham thought if he killed him, pierced his heart, that God would heal him on the spot and raise him from the dead. Thank God he didn't have to do that. Because, see, the test was not giving his son, it was giving his heart. Folks, God wants to test you. And, folks, I want to tell you something. If you put anything or anyone before God, he will test you. He'll scare the boots off your feet thinking you're going to lose them when something happens unexpectedly. And folks, it's a scary thought to lose your kids to an unwholesome marriage, to heartache and pain of sin. Oh, friend, is the greatest joy I have is that my children love the truth and serve the truth. Heard from all of them today calling me up. and My son-in-law called me up with tears streaming down his face in a video. I said, good night. Pressure's getting to old Trent. Taking over for Brother... Um, Austin for a while, and he was just weeping. He says, you know what it feels like to not have a daddy on Father's Day. And he thanked me for being his father by grace. And thanked me for giving me a daughter that loved God and loved the ministry. Boy, it broke me up. But I needed that encouragement because I had some discouraging things come my way this weekend. And I thought, man, alive. Here's a man of God. And then he says, I love being a father. He's taking all these kids, and he's got more kids than, than Motel 6 in his house. I don't know where they sleep. 
Saw one yesterday, little old Carson, nine years old. His mother won't even show up for a court. He might be listening, so I'll keep it brief. But there's somebody that loves him. Somebody took him in. And folks, I want to tell you something. We're called to do that for every one of our bus kids, Brother Petty. We're called to be a father figure. But folks, we're not a good father figure if we don't give them first to God and say, God, I can't change their life. Only you can change it. I can't love them, but only you can love through me. I can't be faithful. Only you can be faithful through me. And folks, we need to give our ministry to God. We need to give ourselves to God. And I'm going to tell you something. The victory that was won on Mount Moriah was when the Lord said in verse 12, and he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. That is victory, but that's not the victory. He said, for now I know, test, 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 that thou fearest God. There is the whole test. Seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Oh, folks, are you withholding anything from God tonight? Are you holding back in the comfort zone? Are you holding back your career? Are you holding back your money? Are you holding back your family? Are you holding back yourself? Folks, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body and your spirit. And folks, we ought to gladly give ourselves to God. Isaac was a viral, young, 18-year-old, approximately. He could have wrestled old daddy down to the ground. 120 years, I could whoop a 120-year-old man. Praise God, I'm half that. Well, a little over half. And boy, he could have took him and said, Daddy, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. I ain't going up that mountain. And then when he said, hey, lay down and let me bind your hands and put you on the altar, he said, oh, no, no, you're not going to do that. And most people would have called him old man today. Disrespectful. Don't you ever call your daddy old man. Because old man might rise up and prove he's not so old. And I guarantee he could have ran. He could have wrestled. He could have, he could have pinned his own daddy down. But I want to tell you something, folks. Somewhere, somehow, Isaac in those 17 years saw a man of faith and saw a man of God and he heard the story that he indeed was a miracle birth and that it was an un unbelievable miracle that she was, mama's 90 and daddy's 100 and there's no substitute for the, for the, for the acclamation of well done thy good and faithful servant but there's no greater title than that you fear God, that you respect God. And folks, Isaac wanted what Abraham had, and he went out and built wells and dug wells. You don't build wells. And he built altars, and the bottom line is what you really love, you ought to give to God. And what you ought to do is realize that if you love yourself more than God, then God's going to put you on the altar. Or God's going to put what you love more than him on the altar. And he's going to test you to see if you're willing to give it to God. And then in closing, in verse 14, the Bible says, And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. You know what that's saying? God saw the need. I sure needed my son. But more than he needed his son, God needed his reputation. God needed the reputation that he lies not.
that he keeps his promise and that God was going to use Isaac as a great seed for a great nation to bring Jesus into this world. Oh, folks, the conclusion of the matter is found in verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven in the second time and said, My, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. Then in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. And as the sand which is upon the seashore, people have tried to snuff out the Jewish nation and they cannot kill them. Hitler tried, and all through the years they've been persecuted nation, but I want to tell you something, they're like the seashore. And it says, And thy seed shall possess the gates of thy enemy, and in thy seed shall all the nations of earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Let's close, but before I close, I want to say this. God has blessed you. Do not put those blessings before God. Because if you do, and he calls you to lay your Isaac down, and you don't, God said there'll be no other gods before me. There's many people today that won't go to church because the God of convenience, the God of of hurt feeling, the God of this or the God of that. And folks, they're missing the blessing of being a blessing, to be in touch, to have the fellowship that we've had today. And folks, the test of faith is this. Do you love God, but do you fear God? And will you follow God with total commitment? Father, use this message. God, help us to realize faith is not just a feeling. And it is a good feeling to have faith. And it's a good joy and a good fellowship. But faith is obedience. Faith is devotion. Faith is sacrifice. Faith is taking the initiative. And faith is having many rivers of water flowing from our being. It's uh, the outlets of faith. And we're showing the world that we have faith by our works. And then it's confidence that God will keep his word and keep his promise if we'll lay our Isaacs down. And we'll lay ourselves down. And that we'll put ourselves afresh and new on the altar of sacrifice laid. God, would you accept our lives as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And Lord, help us not to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord, we want your will more than anything. And God, we pray that you'll use our little old lives to count for eternity. Lord, bless the daddies on this Father's Day to be the Abrahams to their Isaacs and God to their Rebekahs and to their children. Lord, help us. God, help us to yield what we have and especially give back our blessings that you have given us 
And Lord, help us to worship you, even during the trials. That during the trials, our children, our neighbors, our relatives can see our faith in thee. We'll praise you for using these two messages today on Abraham and Isaac. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.